0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: When is it gonna finally be good? When Jesus Christ rules and reigns. So to trust or to believe in your heart to be possessed with the idea that if we could just get this, it would all be better. You're believing in something that's, that's not gonna be true. It's not gonna be true. If the church was as enthused to say, because this is what would really change the world. If we just were about our business of preaching the gospel and someone's getting born again one heart at a time, that's what changes the world. When a person is changed in their heart through the gospel, they're changed from the
0: inside out. They will not be the same. When you live your life without Jesus, you find yourself going from one thing to the next. You spend your whole life filling the void with money, status, or power. But none of these things will be sufficient. It's not until you fill your heart with Jesus Christ that you'll find yourself whole. And that's the beauty of God. He'll not leave you wanting more of these earthly possessions, but you'll desire more of His Spirit. That's why in today's message, Pastor Bill tells you that when you give your life to God, you'll change it. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 17. As he begins his message, the Scarlet Harlot.
1: You guys are open up your Bibles to Revelation chapter 17. Um, when you get it, say, got it. got it. All right. That's like music to my ears. I was saying that to the camera and it was like, say, got it. And my kids would be like, got it. <laughs> just, somebody would say it just to make me feel better. So well, if you've been following with us through Revelation, uh, we are toward the end now. We've been in the tribulation period since chapter six. We're in chapter 17. So we have gone through the the thick of the tribulation period. Last week, we looked at the bowl judgments. And so there were seven angels with bowls and they were pouring out these different judgments on the earth. And if you guys remember the purpose of the tribulation period, it's a period where God is pouring out his wrath on a world that has rejected him. So where are Christians when all this is taking place? Say it out loud. Help me out. We're with the Lord. How did we get there? Someone said aliens? No, no. (laughs) So we were raptured, right? We were caught up to be with the Lord. So that precedes the tribulation period. I do not believe the Christians go through the tribulation period. I believe that we're caught up to be with the Lord in the air. Then uh, God pours out his wrath. Never in scripture does God pour out his wrath on his people. It's not what he does. Um, God's wrath for you and me was poured out where? On the cross. I don't get wrath. I get forgiven because Jesus took all my wrath for me. That's why we love him and worship him like we do. Amen. That's why the gospel is good news. I deserve wrath, but I don't get it because Jesus. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, and so we're with the Lord forever. We're never going to break up. We're never going to be discarded. We'll be with him forever and ever. But all hell is breaking loose on earth and God is pouring out his wrath. Something we see throughout the tribulation period is that there is mercy in the midst of judgment because There will be people that get saved during the tribulation period that God is still throwing out opportunities. And so there's 144,000 Jews that come to faith. Then they are evangelized. They're mobilized and sharing their faith. Then an angel pokes his head out and just gives the everlasting gospel. I mean, the stuff that you wish would happen, I'm like, God, would you just poke your head out the clouds and just tell everybody it would be great? You know, God's like, no, on earth, I want y'all to preach the gospel. Once I take you guys up, I'll go ahead and send an angel to poke his head out and, and, and share to God, make sure everybody hears it. And so God does that. And so we're now, again, in chapter 17, in chapter 16, we talked about how that we declared that Babylon the great was going to fall. We talked about at the end of chapter 16 how Babylon represented a system, a world system, a world religious and political system that is opposed to God. In chapter 17 and 18, we'll see the details of the fall of Babylon. So let me just tell you up front, there's some strange characters you're gonna hear uh in the chapter. I titled the chapter The Scarlet Whore. There's some little babies in the room, so I don't want them to leave me. So but that's what that's what we'll talk about in the chapter. So uh I'll be really, you know, I'll be PG with it for God's glory. So Um, But (laughs) the characters that we're going to see are um, the great harlot, um, the many waters, which are representative peoples, the kings of the earth, the scarlet beast, seven heads and ten horns on the beast, Babylon, the great saints and martyrs, the lamb. Um, As we come to each one, I'll explain what it is. My heart, as I teach through a chapter like this, is to I want to simplify. I want us to walk away saying, oh, that's what it's talking about. So one thing I'm going to tell you up front what we're going to talk about, then we're going to talk through it. So some of what we're going to learn in this chapter is this. There's a system. It's political, religious, so forth and so on. And it is opposed to God. And it's been in operation. It is in operation right now. We can see because we're on Earth now. We're we're looking to the future. This is future. This thing makes it to the tribulation period all the way to the end um, before they go to hell. We'll see them go to hell as well. Um, so we know there's a system at work and that it's it's empowered by Satan um, to deceive, to lead, so forth and so on. And so one thing that I'm taking this away as I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, God, well, what is that system today? And how is Satan using it to lead and guide people today so we can be informed? Because maybe they're, they're, I believe today that more than ever there are Christians that are unaware of the things that Satan uses To deceive and to lead people everybody thinks satan is just at the ouija board spot or at the at the you know satan is slicker than that he's a as you read scripture you keep seeing him show up in these political settings you think why is satan is real political you know even when he's bound for a thousand years when he comes back he don't go to the ouija board spot he don't go to the tarot card spot you know where he goes immediately it says he goes to deceive the nations he's dealing with leaders world leaders and politics and stuff like that so So you and I need to be informed today as we walk down here that Satan is moving some things. We got to be clear on what God's in charge of, what Satan's in charge of. So we're not out here being swindled and deceived and misled. And I believe right now that I'm engaging with believers. I'm, I'm talking to pastors, friends of mine, that I would say I know some guys that I feel like, man, you are more politically moved than you are spiritually moved. Um, Your opinions, views and attitudes are more shaped by your political stances than they are by Jesus and what the word of God says. I want us all to be careful of that. If there's a goal in leaving here today, it would be this for us that are believers, that we wouldn't be moved more by anything else but the word of God, that that would be this would be more moving to me than any word of any man in any position. Amen. Jesus truly is the king and the Lord of our lives. Then his words got to reign supreme over everybody and everything and anything that we hear that opposes what he says, differs from what he says. If it's different in attitude or action than what he says, that we would renounce it. If it's a movement, if it's a political position, any, if it's a religious stance, anything that opposes Jesus, his word, um, that we would oppose it, that we would put it down and leave it where it's at. So, um, so with that, that's my little introduction. Let's jump into Revelation chapter 17. So it says, chapter 17, verse 1, then... One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. And so um, the the harlot is going to be equivalent to Babylon. Um, Again, we said last week in chapter 16, verse 19, that um, this represented Babylon, represents the great city Babylon. It's the great city and, you know, and Babylon, the great were synonymous terms, and it represents the secular, the worldly, the religious systems and political systems that are that are opposed to God. So it would take us back to Genesis chapter 11. Where did it all begin? Uh, what was the first thing that raised itself up against the Lord? In Genesis chapter 11, um, there was a scenario where the people on the earth in opposition to God, they were like, we're going to build us. Uh, We'll we'll build us a way up to heaven. We're going to be our own gods. And they started building this tower, Tower of Babel. And God says something really interesting there, because even though they were working in opposition to the Lord, it says that the people were all one. They had one heart, one mind. There was unity. And God says, because of the unity that they have, nothing that they desire to do will be kept from them. So we learn that unity is powerful, even if it's the enemy that's united against the Lord. Unity is a powerful principle. So God says, so I'm going to come down. I'm going to disrupt their unity by disturbing their languages. I'm going to confuse their languages and in doing so split them up so they no longer can communicate and continue on with this thing that they're doing. And God interrupted it. But that attitude, that mindset, that Babylonian uh, perspective that I'll do something without God and opposition to God. I'll do it my own way. I don't need God. I'll be my own God that in whatever way that fleshes its way out. It fleshes its way out in, in false religions and political views and worldviews um, throughout history. Um, that is the system that we're dealing with that makes its way all the way through the world. It's happening here today now, and it makes its way all the way to the end. So something you might consider today is what are those systems today that people are trusting in? What do people trust in instead of God today? Just Think about that for a minute. I will tell you right up front, I believe people today um, they trust in financial things that we're in America. Uh, people trust in their wealth and power. Um, so people believe in the American dream. They believe if you can get, if you make enough money. You can be your own boss. You can be your own this. You can be your own that. You can, that's the way to everything. Um, so some people will do anything, step on anybody's neck to get it. Um, that's a system. That's a mindset. It's a very American mindset. Um, there are religious views that oppose Jesus as Lord. They're religious, spiritual even, but they oppose God. Um, those systems are in place. Um, I'm not picking on Catholics, but I would point out the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope. That's a system um, with a person that is deified in their eyes. And but he is not God. And their positions and views throughout the ages, even to the current day, that are in error um, through that whole process. Uh, within the Protestant denominations and churches, there are also there are groups within these our own you know, sort of churches where things have been taken left. They've gone in a different direction than what God would have. I absolutely believe that we live in a world right now where people trust in politics. Um, I mean, people trust in it. Like, I mean, whatever team somebody ends up on, it's like that's if we could just you guys got to get to the voting booth. We live in a world right now where Christians who should be praying and reading their Bibles and knowing what the word says. They're like, we can change this all at the booth. Historically, all you got to do, all you have to do is just look back. It's never been fixed in the booth. Never. It's always been bad. Revelation said it's going to get worse before it ends. Doesn't really matter what your persuasion is. We had four years of, of Democratic leadership. Now we have Republican leadership. It's not been good either way. As long as man is governing man, no matter what team they're on, they don't, they, these, it doesn't matter who the man is that's leading, right? You got sinners governing sinners. It's not going to be good. When is it going to finally be good? When Jesus Christ rules and reigns. So to trust or to believe in your heart to be possessed with the idea that if we could just get this, it would all be better. You're believing in something that's, that's not going to be true. It's not going to be true. If the church was as enthused to say, because this is what would really change the world. If we just were about our business of preaching the gospel and someone's getting born again one heart at a time, that's what changes the world. When a person is changed in their heart through the gospel, they're changed from the inside out. They will not be the same. It's a slower process, right? It requires faith and, and you get a lot of no's along the way. But that is God's remedy to the brokenness in the world. Everybody won't receive it, but those that do, they will be transformed from the inside out, right? Some of you guys are sitting here and that's what God did in your life. You aren't what you used to be because you got born again. I'm not what I used to be because I got born again, right? In 92, when we had the LA riots, guess what I was doing? I was rioting, <laughs> I wasn't saved yet, you know? I'm gonna me some free stuff. I wasn't even worried about Rodney King, I was, I was getting camcorders and record shops and so forth and so on, I was doing that, right? Fast forward to 2000 and where we at? Yeah, uh, now we got riots again, where was I at? I was up praying, Lord, Lord, change hearts. Lord, I'm not, I wasn't out there doing that, right? I'm not the same guy. I'm not who I used to be. That's, that's what God will do in a person's heart and life. God will change us from the inside out. The church has to believe that, preach that, live that. um, And and it should be represented in what we say, how we feel, everything. So um, these systems, and I'm making the point, these systems are alive and well today. We got to be careful that we we see them, we acknowledge them, but we're not caught up in them Uh, because it it is a bad thing when the church is caught up in this web because this is not going in a good direction. And we'll see as we continue. Um, And so I will show you the judgment of the the great harlot. Again, that's uh, that's this Babylonian system who sits on many waters. The many waters represents people. Uh, People from every tribe and tongue. It'll tell us later on in the chapter. uh, The waters represent many different peoples. And so um, people are impacted by these systems. Verse two, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So the kings of the earth represent world leaders. Um, And so when you think about fornication and I'll be really nice uh, Sunday morning, nice fornication is a illicit illegitimate oneness. Amen? Uh, Because in marriage... Yeah, you're supposed to come together. It's, a, it's actually commanded. You must. But as an unmarried person, it is illegitimate. It is sinful. It, it, is a, it is a illegitimate oneness. So what the scripture says here is that the kings of the earth, these are the leaders, the kings, this will be the political leaders, those that are in charge of nations and so forth and so on. We don't have kings like they had in the Old Testament, but we have men and people that lead nations. The leaders of nations, they are having illicit oneness, illegitimate oneness with this Babylonian system. They're influenced by it. And then in turn, it says the inhabitants of the earth are made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So as the leaders are affected, that's our political leaders, then they affect the people underneath them. That'd be us. We're the inhabitants of the earth. Y'all see how it works? That's how the system works. And we'll see in just a moment that Satan is at the helm leading it. So when I read this, it just makes me, I'm like, man, I'm already a very, I'm a skeptical person. I don't trust people easily. Um, cause where I come from and what I've experienced and what I've seen and what I used to be. So, um, I just do, you don't just get trusted on GP with me. It's like, I, I, everybody get a tryout, but I don't just, I don't meet you and just say, I just trust everybody. I don't, it's not how I'm wired. So I feel that way. When I see people in charge, I'm always looking and thinking, I want know what's, what's their angle. Like, what are they trying to get at? What are they trying to do? You know, um, anybody that knows me well, you know, I hate salesmen. Right. And, and don't get if you're selling if your salesman here, don't get mad. I'm sorry. I, I don't hate you. But but this is why. Right. This is my thing. When a salesman is talking to me um, many times, they they got to talk to me like, like this is for my best interest. But I know it's really for theirs. So and my mind sees the manipulation like, no, you're trying to get a commission, but you're like, oh, this would be the best car for you. Now look how little that car is how big I am. You lying, man. You know, I ain't asked you for an economy car, you know? I need something big. But uh, you know, so I struggle with that sort of thing, you know, because I'm like, you you sound like you're trying to help me out, but in my mind, I know that this is how you make a living, so you're really helping yourself out. I too am a salesman of sorts, so uh don't be offended. But but I struggle with that when I'm like, it's not all the way genuine. You're not 100% trying to help me out, but you sound like you are. When I look at politicians, when I look at world leaders, when I look, everybody has an angle. Everybody has something they're trying to accomplish. And we have to be wise. We have to investigate that if we're going to listen. Just listen to this. The one person that speaks to you when it is pure, it is purely for your benefit, is when the Lord speaks to you, right? God, When God is speaking to you, it is for you. Everything Jesus has ever done is for you. He died for you. When he gives commands, it's not for him. It's for you. He wants you to be okay. God says, look, don't fornicate if you're single. That's not for him. That's for you. Because anybody that lived a life, you know there's heartbreak and devastation and there's all kind of junk that comes. God says, I would spare you that, son, daughter, because he loves us. When God says, don't be drunk, that's not for him. That's for you. Everything he tells us to do is for us because he loves us genuinely it's it's, it's for us all the way to the very end, wanting to save us, set us apart, keep us pure, keep us holy. When God says, look, I want you to be in relationship with me. I want you to be intimate and be close with me. That's not just for him. That's for you. It's the best thing for you is to be close to him. Amen. No one has as pure a motive for you as the Lord. Everybody else you should be somewhat skeptical of. Everyone else, you should ask questions. You should compare it with the word. You should scrutinize it. You have every right to do so. And so, again, the inhabitants of the earth are made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And so, again, you have world leaders that are impacted, um, influence that are influencing the inhabitants of the earth. And they're drunk with the wine of her fornication. Verse three says, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness And so John is getting all this revelation. He's carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. He says, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And so this is a a really ugly picture. The scarlet beast, the the woman is sitting on. So she's in a a dominant position. This Babylonian system is is riding on um, this scarlet beast. And we'll see more. On this scarlet beast in just a moment, and um, but as she's riding on this scarlet beast, it says um, it was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And so the the beast seen here is the antichrist. So we know that this this Babylonian system is supported by the antichrist. And when it says that the Written all over, it was full of names of blasphemy. I just want you to consider for a moment what that what that would represent, what that would look like. Blasphemy is just is speaking down the Lord. It's not. This is not something that's benign. Like there's some things that are like not for Christ, not against Christ. I'm just kind of whatever. This is actually all against Christ. There's names full of blasphemy all over, Um, different forms and different ways. And this is what I want you to consider. None of us are the devil. Right. But the devil's been around since the beginning. He's been here for a long time. Um, he's fallen. He fell a long time ago. He's been concocting his plans for a long time. He hates everything God loves. He wants to destroy everything God wants to build. Um, he would he hates the fact that people get saved. Um, and now we're snatched out of his power. We belong to the Lord. I uh, can't take your salvation away. He would love to make you impotent and powerless and ruin your witness. He'd love to keep those that aren't yet saved from getting saved. And that's that's the work that the enemy does. Satan is like the person at the pool party that, you know, when I was doing youth ministry, always I would see a group of boys come in to throw me into the pool. Everybody, When you're the youth pastor, everybody wants to throw you in the pool at the pool party. So I would just be prepared. You know, I would I wouldn't keep a phone on me. And then whenever I saw kids coming, um, my job was I'm going to grab as many kids. I'm never going down alone. I'm taking as many down with me as possible. That's Satan's position. He knows His day is coming. He knows hell is the final destination, but he is moving to take as many people with him as he can. And he uses everything at his disposal. Right now, the Bible says in Ephesians, Satan is a prince and power of the air. So he is at work in our world, in our world systems, in our government. Everyone get this, get this. If God is not your father through your relationship with Jesus Christ, then the Bible says Satan is your daddy. John eight forty four. Jesus said to a group of religious people that were not saved, you are of your father, the devil. He has access to him. Uh, whatever he wants to do, Satan has access to those that do not yet know the Lord. So be careful how much weight you give to the words of people that are speaking and they don't know God. Right. I had somebody, a pastor, send me a video of someone, some political thing that he liked. And I just said, bro, that's a child of the devil. Why you send me that? Like why, why, why? I will not be influenced by that. This person does not belong to the Lord, and they have an agenda. They have, a, they have a political agenda. They have a reason for saying what they're saying. They don't know God. I could care less. Read your Bible. Send me a verse. Send me a sermon. Send me a song. Inspire. Don't send me that. I don't want to hear it. You know, I, that's me. I am weary of that sort of thing because people have a lot to say, but it's like who's? That's how I think. Who's motivating you to say that? Why are you saying what you're saying? You ain't saved, it's just not because God is not moving upon your heart to say these things, um, but somebody is moving upon you. There's some reason why you feel passionate about this thing that you're passionate about. Be careful, you guys, be careful with this. I will say this one as well, because it's it's a thing right now. Um, like right now with everything going on and people dying in the streets and cops and this and that and the other, there's a, there's a Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's a movement, right? But when you look into the movement, this movement is started by two gay women that are feminists that have an agenda to undo traditional marriage. It is 100% opposed to everything we stand for, believe in as Christians. So as a Christian, while I do believe black lives matter, I am a black life and I have black kids, so how could I not, and a black wife, right? How could I not believe that our lives matter? But I could never stand, I could not be a part of that movement. I could not espouse that movement. This completely opposed to Christ. I'm a Christian first. And that's how we have to walk and live and believe. And I'm a Christian. When I die, I'm a Christian before I'm anything else. I'm a Christian before I'm a man. I'm a Christian before I'm black. Christ over everything. It's got to be the way we think or else somebody can say, I'm going to tap into something. You do care. You black? I got something for you, black man. Espouse this, but it's opposed to Christ. Now I'm team. I'm already on team Jesus. How, I can't be on team Black lives, gay folks, and everybody else, I can't be on that team. I'm on Team Jesus, amen?
0: We're so glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Revelation can seem like a long book to work through, but it's all in the attitude you approach it. If you look at it as something amazing and inspiring that God has gifted to you to understand him better, It helps you see everything with a different lens. Revelation is cool. It's a mashup of all the best elements of a sci-fi movie. But in reality, it will bring an amazing resolution to all that's wrong in the world. Isn't that what we all want? Look at the book of Revelation with appreciation of who God is and that He's the one in control. If you'd like to listen to more teachings in Revelation, go to CalvaryInglewood.org. If you're wanting to connect with someone more personally about this ministry, go ahead and call or text us at 310 245 4811. We'd love to encourage you as you're seeking God for wisdom, insight, and understanding. So please pick up that phone and dial or text 310 245 4811. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today, and Pastor Bill will be back with more next time in the book of Revelation. Until then, remember who God has created you to be in this broken and fallen world. Don't lose heart and stay connected to a transforming word.